What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We are three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, a lot to get into on today's show. So to start the show today, we're going to be getting into some rumors that Cam Newton could potentially be interested in playing for the Los Angeles Chargers, which really isn't up to him because he would have to be traded from the Panthers, but it looks like the Panthers are willing to move on from him. So we're going to start with that and just talk about what that fit would be like and what we'd be willing to give up for a player like Cam Newton, a former MVP guy who's been to a Super Bowl. But then to get into the last two segments, we're going to be doing the rest of our midseason awards. So we're going to start with the offensive and defensive MVPs in the second segment. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to get into our special teams player of the year and also who we think is going to explode during the last five games of the season. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is your Locked on Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer. There have been some rumors or whispers out there that the Chargers could be potentially interested in Panthers quarterback Cam Newton, former MVP, and also that Cam Newton would love to play in Los Angeles. There are no legitimate sources behind this yet. We have not seen any picks put on it, but I think, David, when you're talking about the Chargers, who obviously are going to at least consider moving on from Phillip Rivers in the offseason, and when you think about what head coach Anthony Lynn wants in a quarterback, where you saw them draft Easton Stick in the first round, a mobile quarterback, you know that Anthony Lynn has a type, and there's no bigger prototype running big quarterback than Cam Newton. So as far as the fit goes, that makes a lot of sense. But David, when you think about the Chargers potentially, you know, going after a guy like Cam Newton, what does that make you feel? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far as what Anthony Lynn is looking for in a quarterback, I think it absolutely makes sense. If he's going to be here for the long term, then we all know, and he's made it very clear that that's the type of quarterback that he's looking for. And if you're looking for a, a running quarterback, there's not many more illustrious quarterbacks in NFL history than Cam Newton. Cam Newton has gotten in the end zone rushing the football 58 times. So he's done it very successfully throughout his NFL career. His passing numbers are not as impressive, unfortunately. He has 182 touchdowns to 108 interceptions. When you're looking at that kind of metric, you're looking for more of a 2-to-1. Also, Cam Newton is a career 59.6% completion percentage quarterback, and that's definitely not at the level that you're looking for. Phillip Rivers is just under 65%. Also, just to give you some some context, it's definitely interesting to imagine Cam Newton wearing lightning bolts. He definitely has the personality for it. He uh, loves to show out, loves the attention, would love all the cameras and all, all the attention he would get in Los Angeles. So as far as he is concerned, I do not doubt that he would love to be wearing lightning bolts and playing in a brand new stadium next year. And there's also been rumors that he would love to be the Bears quarterback, and I think it would maybe make a little bit more sense for them with I mean, Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know if you're going to be able to draft another quarterback. You might have to go out there and try to trade for one at this point, considering you already traded up to get Mitch a couple of years ago. That fit makes a lot more sense to me, and I'm a little bit scarred right now because the Cam Newton 
that I've seen over the last few years is I don't think anyone anyone would want to be trading valuable draft assets for, especially when you look at the history of quarterback trades. I mean, even if you're trading for a backup quarterback, it's usually going to cost you at least a second round pick, David. So when you're talking about Cam Newton, who has a litany of injuries that he's coming back from, he has durability issues and is going to miss you know 14 games this season. It's tough to consider what the Chargers would want to give up for a player like that, especially because if you you know take some of the running away from him I think he really just becomes kind of an average quarterback with a pretty big arm but that's pretty inaccurate and that's not what you're looking for you want the whole package but it's hard at you know 30 plus years old to know that Cam Newton is going to hold up for the foreseeable future so David if the Chargers were to make a trade for Cam Newton what do you think it would look like how much would you be willing to give up so when we're looking at trading for quarterbacks I think it's important to look at what deals for quarterbacks of his stature look like in the past so for example Carson Palmer took two first round picks from the Raiders to get that done the Broncos got two first round picks a third round pick and Kyle Orton for Jay Cutler Drew Bledsoe even was traded to the Buffalo Bills from New England and they got a first round pick for him and even you know backup quarterbacks like Matt Castle and Jimmy G got second round picks for their services respectively given the injuries that Cam Newton has went through in his career the two shoulder surgeries the foot injury we don't really know much about I don't know if I would be more comfortable trading Cam Newton for more than a first and maybe a fourth round pick, maybe a conditional second pick. You're going to have to pay him a lot of money and you just don't know what quarterback you're going to get. Are you going to be getting a healthy Cam Newton that's going to be able to stand up or are we getting the injured Cam Newton we've seen the last couple of years? That's kind of the compensation that I would be comfortable with, but not much more than that. Yeah, it would be hard for me to see the Chargers give up a first-round pick for him. I think I would rather them take a chance on a younger guy who might not have the durability issues, even though none of those guys are sure things. And you're talking about a guy who's won an MVP. Carson Palmer was past his prime at the point of him getting traded to the Raiders, even though you know he had a nice little comeback at the end of his career. With Cam Newton, it's just such a hard thing. He is such a unique player, and he's always going to draw some extra attention with his, you know, post game outfits and things of that nature. But Cam Newton is one of the most exciting players in the NFL. Yeah, I was actually listening to the Draft Dudes podcast, and I liked the way they kind of set up a deal. And they were talking about the Bears potentially trading for him because the Bears don't have a first round pick next year because of the Khalil Mack trade. And they came up with a trade that was very incentive laden, at least for the team trading for Cam Newton. Basically, if they traded for Cam Newton, he played in 10 or less games. It was a fourth round pick. If he played in more than 10 games, it was at least a third round pick and if he re-signed with whatever team traded for him it turns into a first and a second round pick that's going to take at least a first round pick if I was the Chargers GM if I'm sitting with Tom Telesco I look at a lot of options that aren't going to cost me draft capital if I'm going to get a quarterback or look to maybe move up in the draft to get a quarterback I really like before I send a first round pick to the Panthers for Cam Newton but we do have two more segments to get into, talking about the midseason awards, getting into the offensive and defensive MVPs before getting into who we think is going to blow up in the final five games in the last segment. But first, I need to tell you guys, when your team is four and seven, sometimes it's hard to get super excited for the games. But 
I have a better offer for you guys. You can always be excited for the games when you have some action on the games with my bookie. And it's Thanksgiving week, guys, coming up, and my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to 250 bucks. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations as well because my bookie will give you all of your spending money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have lots of questions? Don't worry about that because MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. The best part is if you join Thanksgiving week, you'll still have that one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Right now, if you go into MyBookie.ag, you can double your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's double your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, if you put in 500 bucks, they will match that $500 for you at mybookie.ag. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Also, guys, if you win it big or if you're in the market for any new car, I have the place for you guys to go. It's the Locked On Chargers favorite car dealership, and that is Metro Infinity. Metro Infinity is right off the 210 in Monrovia, and you have to go check out their brand new selection of new and used cars and their brand new multi-million dollar dealership. Metro Infinity is the only family-owned car dealership in California, and they've been in business for the last 25 years. My favorite part about Metro Infinity is that if you don't want to go down to the dealership and deal with all the paperwork and be in there for hours, it's no worries at all because they will take the paperwork and the car to your home or office and complete the whole transaction there. They take pride in not being your typical car dealer where it takes hours to buy a car. We know the people running Metro Infinity is anything but that. And if you tell them that Locked On Chargers sent you over there, you will get an extra $500 off any car purchase. If you're thinking about a new Infinity or even in the market for any new car, please give them a chance to earn your business. Believe me, you won't regret it. They also have over 50 certified pre-owned Infinities as well. And you can reach them at 626 626- 599-7510 or at MetroInfinity.com. Right now, you guys could be driving off in your brand new Infinity Q50 3.0 luxury loaded with navigation for only $1,000 down, and you can get that extra 500 bucks off if you tell them Locked On Chargers sent you over there. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get back into the rest of our midseason awards. Yesterday, we gave you guys the biggest disappointment so far this year, the most surprising player so far this year, which was hands down Scott Questenberry. That was a surprise. And we also did the most impressive win, which to no one's surprise was the Green Bay Packers and the most chargery loss, which was the Tennessee Titans. So to start the show today, we are going to be getting into our offensive MVP. And just like the defensive MVP, the offensive MVP ran away with this one. I'm sure you guys saw if you voted on it, but the offensive MVP so far in 2019 has been Austin Eckler. So no surprise there. He's been the most consistent Charger offensive play, Chargers offensive player all season long. And just what he's able to do, catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he's been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and he's a running back. I mean, it, his stats are crazy so far this year. Obviously, the Chargers have played one less game than a lot of teams because of bye weeks, and now that's their bye week. But so far, he's fifth in the entire NFL running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and receptions. He has the most receiving yards by any running back by a lot with 667. 
He's only behind Keenan Allen by five receptions so far this year. Keenan Allen comes in with 7%. Austin Eckler comes in with 81. I think Phillip Rivers got one vote and Hunter Henry got 8%. So Hunter Henry is actually second with 8% behind Austin Eckler's 81%. And John, obviously, this has to go to Austin Eckler. It does. And I, I wanted to go Phillip Rivers at first, but the fact that you mentioned is He's Austin Eckler is the only consistent offensive player that's been good almost every single game. And Austin Eckler is on pace for a thousand receiving yards, probably as a running back. Last running back for the Chargers to do that. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> so, so he could be setting team records this year. And he's made a big difference in the game. Even when Melvin Gordon wasn't on the team, he was helping move the ball up and down the field. Yeah, he fumbled at the one-yard line most of the time. But before that, he was the reason why we were at the goal line or the Colts game. He was the reason why we won the Colts game with his three touchdowns. He's been amazing this year. So he undoubtedly has to be the offensive MVP. But the question becomes, when do you start using him more? Like we've been saying, too, because offensive MVPs usually need to have the ball in their hands so you can win the game. Yeah, and there's been four games where he's had less than four catches, which is less than ideal. And over the last three weeks against Green Bay and Oakland, in those two games, he had no more than four receptions. But some of these game logs, I mean, 15 catches for 86, seven for 118, six for 96. I mean, he still keeps his average up, which is pretty impressive. He still averages a first down 10.3 yards per catch, even with all of the catches that he has and everyone knowing that it's coming. And even this year with Melvin Gordon taking a much bigger share of the role so far this year, Austin Eckler is still the fourth highest graded running back on pro football focus. And he's also sixth in the NFL. John Kegley just sent me a note in touchdowns with nine. So David, I mean, is there any more that you have to say? He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. He still is an all purpose running back as well. I mean, he is undoubtedly the MVP. No question about it. I just want to remind everybody that he was an undrafted free agent from a very obscure small school, Western Colorado University. I mean, to to take this opportunity he got with the Chargers, earn a spot on this team, and completely just dominate, frankly, the league since he's been in the league— it's really a testament to who he is and the type of player that he is. And, you know, it's just good good to see someone work their way from the bottom, get all the way to the top, and hopefully that reflects in contract time when he earns some money. He's been way outproducing the contracts that he's been signed to lately, and hopefully that parlays into some money. That small dynamic frame is just so exciting to watch. His ability to break tackles at his size, it's unrivaled. I mean, he's just been a great player to watch. And the the crazy thing is, I think there's even more great things to come. Yeah, I mean, he forces a top five amount of missed tackles per attempt. So, I mean, he's up there in pretty much every statistical category as a receiver and as far as making guys miss. And, and I also want to just shout out his availability this season. He hasn't missed a game this year. He's the only Chargers running back to be in all of the games. Obviously, Melvin Gordon's wasn't due to injury, but for him and to have everyone question hey, can this guy hold up during a whole season? And now, obviously, he's getting less touches, but he's been available for them every week. And when he's going, the Chargers offense is going, and they basically don't score touchdowns or get a lot of yards after the catch if it's not coming from Austin Eckler. So huge props to him for him to be the MVP with Melvin Gordon holding out. I mean, 
just crazy, guys. Uh, Philip Rivers pretty much always wins this award. And now he's been unseated by Austin Eckler, who has been one of the best chargers in general, not just one of the best chargers offensively. So let's go ahead and get into our defensive MVP and another guy who absolutely ran away with it. And it's no surprise who won this this vote. And I really wanted to see if he could win it twice. Uh, so I put it on there twice, Joey Bosa, for the defensive MVP. And he almost won it with both of his votes. Uh, he had 63% on one, which is hands down the most by anyone else. But then him and Casey Hayward were tied for 18%, tied for second place. So in total, Joey Bosa gets 81% of the vote. I do think that Casey Hayward is having a ridiculously underappreciated season mainly because a lot of quarterbacks just aren't even trying to throw his way. I mean, the amount of targets he sees per game is minimal. I, Casey Hayward has been so good this season. Even the one touchdown he scored was scored on was the game against the Lions, and he had basically perfect coverage. So you can't really hold that against him. Casey Hayward has been phenomenal, but we're talking about Joey Bosa here, John. Joey Bosa has taken his game to the next level. I mean, eight and a half sacks, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. And the most impressive part to me, John, is just how much he has stepped up his game in run defense. I mean, it, he has always been a well-rounded player, but there was no doubt about the fact that his pass rushing acumen was much better than what he was able to do against the run. And this year, I mean, he's really evened it out and become maybe the best Chargers run defender on their team. He has. And the fact that he's played all the games and had Melvin Ingram with him helps a lot. We got to see the two guys together. And now we see the full package of Joy Bosa when he has his teammate on the other side, when he's healthy, not missing four games, when he has a whole training camp. We, this is the final product right here. This is the guy that's going to be the whole, well, what contract do you give Joey Bosa in the offseason? <laughs> what are we going to do between Melvin Gordon and Joey Bosa? Like, we well, got to figure hard. out these contracts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> th this is the guy we've been waiting to see. And he's been clutched, too. I mean, think about the Bears game. When the Bears were in field goal range the first time, what does Joey Bosa do? He sacks them out of field goal range and makes them punt. There's been so many times where he's stopped a third and short there's been times when he stopped third and seven with a sack he's gotten this team off the field and when you talk about stopping the run too there's been so many defensive tackles coming on this team you got to talk about brandon mebane jerry tillery all these guys coming on here and they're not even making stops in the run the guy that is is either melvin ingram or joey bosa one of those two guys is making the stop in the running game and they're that's not even their job they're just supposed to just keep outside contain if the run goes outside that's their job they're not supposed to take control of a run in the middle but yet here's joey bosa doing that anyways he's been probably a team mvp also well and let's not forget what he was able to do when melvin ingram was out i think it was five sacks in three games without melvin ingram so when melvin ingram was out this year joey bosa even took it to a higher level and i think he's going to get somewhere around 12 or 13 sacks by the time the season is done, I think there's probably a ridiculous three-sack performance in here somewhere left on the schedule. But he's just been so good. And this isn't even accounting for you know all of the times he's put pressure on the quarterback and made them have an inaccurate throw. He's a top-five pro football focus graded edge defender between outside linebackers and defensive end. It's really hard to quantify, kind of like Derwin James. He doesn't move around as much as Derwin James, even though he could line up in the middle. And I would take Joey Bosa at defensive tackle over all of the Chargers defensive tackles right now if he was only playing that. But kind of like Derwin James's ability to be really versatile, there's just so many ways, David, that Joey Bosa helps your defense, even being stuck on the defensive line. 
Yeah, but not only that, this year he's even taken up a leadership role too. He's been more he's you know, he's always been a quiet, you know, silent lead by example type of guy, but it it seems like he's been more vocal this year. He's been he, you know, he's been speaking to the media, taking that leadership role. So, in year 4, he's really become the complete player, not only on the field, but now off the field as he's leading with his play and with his voice. He is really, really going to earn a lot of money when they come to contract time. Just go ahead and back up the Brinks truck. That's what it's going to take. Yeah, and I mean, his moment in this season where he basically said, I'm going to show up tomorrow. I don't know who else is coming with me, but I'm going to be here ready to work and ready to get back in this thing. I mean, really propelled them to being in that game against the Bears enough for them to blow it and also beating the Packers as well. But you're right. He has been much a much more vocal leader this year and what he's been able to do for this Chargers defense without Derwin James, your other, I mean, co-defensive MVP has been downright just super impressive. It's just been super impressive to see what he's been able to do. And it still gives you the feeling that you're still kind of only scratching the surface with what Joey Bosa's unlimited potential is, but definitely deserving. I'm sure he has a bolty award coming his way at the end of the season. So he can add that to his trophy case that, Hey, you never know what happens. He might put up a defensive player of the year in there too. So let's go ahead and get into the last segment of the show, getting into our final two midseason awards. We're going to do the most likely to explode in the final five games of the season and the special teams player of the year, which had a good voting turnout as well coming up right after this. All right, guys. Well, let's start the final two midseason awards. We'll start with the special teams player of the year, which has a few candidates. We gave three options for you guys to vote on. And the best option in the winning option was Derek Watt, who came in with 56% of the votes. Drew Tranquil with his special teams play and his two blocked punts comes in at 29%. And then Ty Long, who was the kicker punter kickoff specialist for the Chargers, comes in at 15%. And I'm glad that Ty Long got that 15%, John, just because Derek Watt led the league in special teams tackles going into last week. He doesn't really need that voting. You know he was going to get a lot of votes in this one. I thought it would be pretty close between him and Drew Tranquil, but Ty Long definitely deserves some love as well. Without a doubt, he was put into a role he was not supposed to do. Yeah, he did it in the CFL, but when you come into the season, your mindset is, okay, this is my job for the year. This is what I'm going to do. And then at the last second, you get told, hey, by the way, we need you to kick the field goals as well as do kickoffs while still doing your punting. That's a big role to take on for a kicker. I know it doesn't sound like it. It's like, why? It's like seven snaps the whole game. But you got to make sure you know how to do a kickoff. Make sure that you and the and the holder are in sync with how to hold a, a ball for the field goal. Just ask Drew Kayser. It, it matters. <laughs> yeah. And then... <laughs> And then you have to make sure that your punts are still in line with how well you hit the ball and where you're placing it and not out out kicking your coverage. So there's a lot that you have to keep track of and practice while also not overusing your leg and not getting hurt. Well, he got hurt with that inj- with the injury that he had that got Chase McLaughlin on the team, which right. is now on the 49ers. So it's and not he like still he, punted through that as well. Let's yeah, not forget. It's not like he had a perfect going injury-wise, but he got hurt because of this because he was overdoing it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot on the table right there as a kicker. You guys don't understand how much power goes into a kick and how much the hamstring or a groin or even the muscles in your butt, how much of a pounding they take just to kick a ball. So he, he put on a good load. He deserves the votes he got. 
He does deserve some votes. And Derek Watt, I mean, deserved to win this category, leading the league in special teams tackles. And just the way he's been tackling people. I mean, he's been lighting people up on kickoff return, on punt return. The amount of tackles that he's had that have probably saved the Chargers, you know, 15 to 20 yards, maybe even touchdowns on some of these returns is really so important. And for him to really not be on the field as much and being a high school linebacker that was recruited as a linebacker to Wisconsin, I mean, that has to be pretty cool for him to see him and himself in the running for, you know, a Pro Bowl spot as a special teamer, which they had to add on after because everyone was outraged that he wasn't on the ballot. But David, we do want to give some love to Drew Tranquil because he has made some special teams tackles as well and has also given the Chargers two really momentum-shifting moments, blocking two punts this year when the Chargers haven't blocked two punts in a season, and I don't remember how long. Yeah, I know. It's incredible to be able to see what he's been able to do on special teams. Drew Tranquil has made his mark. Whenever you block a plant, like you said, that's a completely momentum-shifting type of play, a play that, that can you know get you a win in, in, in the end of the, you know, at the end of things. So it's very, very important, you know, and it's it's important. Uh, sorry. It's very important that we recognize Drew Tranquil because you're lucky to get one blocked punt in the season to get two and there's still potential to add a third to your resume. You absolutely deserve some recognition. Like I said, those are incredible monumental plays that can. So I think Derek Watt needs to put on a class and show the linebackers how to tackle because when he squares up and he wraps up, it's picture perfect. It just seems like, hey, uh, Davis Brown, hey, Thomas Davis, hey, uh, Kaiser White, look at how Derek Watt tackles people on kickoff. That's what it looks like. That's what it needs to be. I'm not really here for the tackling clinic by Derek Watt. I think he should keep his secrets and just join the linebacker room, and he can play both ways as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I think he's playing like 6% of the snaps offensively at fullback. We got I love it. For you. The, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, especially, hey, you know, it's going to be run. Get him in there on that goal line situation. That's a thick guy right there. I think he could hold his own. But he did definitely deserve this. And Drew Tranquil, more props to him just being a fourth-round pick and proving to this team that you are totally committed to special teams and having that lead to playing time on the field. Obviously, injuries had a, something to do with it. But at the same time, Drew Tranquil got in here, worked his ass off as a fourth-round pick, showed out in preseason, showed that he put the work in once the regular season came along and has actually gotten some snaps on the field and has started games for the Chargers this year. So for us to say that from a fourth-round pick is pretty ridiculous. But we do have one more midseason award to give out, getting into the player who is most likely to explode over the last five games of the season. So for this, I tried to pick people who didn't really have great first halves of the season or first 11 games of the season, but I kind of entered in a cheat code on this one that I kind of regret putting on there because I put Derwin James on the most likely to explode in the final five, but I think he should probably be the winner for the most likely to explode in any five games just because that's how damn good <laughs> is. And he comes in with 44% of the vote, and I don't think that's even really hyperbole to think that he is just going to come back and be, you know, maybe the maybe the best player on the Chargers defense and not second best behind Joey Bosa. I think that's how good he is. I don't think he's going to miss a beat and I think he's going to make his impact felt. But let's focus on the other guys here because I think we all know how highly we think of Derwin James. But Melvin Gordon comes in second with 33%. 
Mike Williams comes in at 18%. And then Uchenna and Wosu, I kind of just threw on there because we've seen some flashes from him. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he was to get, you know, four or five sacks over the last five games just because he can be a streaky player like that. So, David, where would you go as far as thinking who is going to have the bigger rest of the season? Obviously, Mike Williams has zero touchdowns this year, but has made some big plays, including last week. And Melvin Gordon is starting to heat up, and you just feel like if he gets used a lot down the stretch, he's going to put up some gaudy numbers. Yeah, I think for me, outside of Derwin James, who I think has been like a caged animal and just waiting to just rip out of that cage, I think Melvin Gordon has really started to find his flow. I think, you know, missing those games early on and when he came back, he was just really rusty. And you could tell missing time in training camp and not being out there definitely hindered his performance and his ability. So once he got up to speed and started looking more like himself, I think he's definitely going to dominate these last five games because his money is on the line. I mean, he's a free agent after this year. So I think he's going to want to put out the best stats that he possibly can so he can try to add to his bankroll. I think he's it's more important for him than any of the other guys on the list. Yeah, I think that we are going to see a successful last five games from Melvin Gordon. I don't think it's going to be good enough for him to get the money that he wants. I think that is far out the window at this point, but I do think he'll be able to get a respectable contract and there will be a market for him in free agency. But I'm really interested to see what Mike Williams is going to do down the stretch because Mike Williams, we have a couple more years with. I mean, he needs the, he is the one that needs to build momentum going into next season. Obviously has the zero touchdowns. He's still only averaging a few catches a game and he just can't seem to find his consistency. But he is a guy I look at and saying at some point it has to regret to the mean. And that means he hasn't had any touchdowns the first 11 weeks of the season, which means he's much more likely to score some down the final five games. But it's going to take some red zone targets for that. John, who do you think is going to explode down the stretch in these last five games? I have to go with Melvin Gordon. And the reason I say that is because we have the bye week. So that means we have a chance to get these offensive linemen healthy and a little bit more in sync. And that means Russell Kuhn could come back and play the rest of the year out. And when Russell Kuhn is in the game, Melvin Gordon has been running the ball better. So I think he's going to actually explode, and he's gotten his feet back. He's starting to get his vision back. He's starting to look a lot better than he did when he first came in. So I'm going to say it's Melvin Gordon that does it. But even with Derwin James, I think Melvin Gordon will have a better exploding five games than Derwin James. And I think that's because the Chargers are going to limit Derwin James these last five games due to the fact that the season's probably not going to go anywhere and you don't want to put your guy who's just coming back from a season-long injury, basically, and just throw him on the field and get hurt even more. I think they're going to limit his snaps, put him on there a little bit. Maybe the last two games he plays full games, but even then you can't really explode with just two games. Well, at that point, the Chargers might just be mathematically eliminated when it comes to those last two games, but I think that's probably right. There will be some sort of snap count. I do think he will still make an impact, but I think that's a really good point that you bring up. I mean, Melvin Gordon has the most to lose over these last five games, and if he's running like he has the last few games where the Chargers just refuse to run him in the second half, I mean, he's going to make an impression on people. But that is going to wrap things up for the midseason awards. Thank you to everyone who went on Twitter at Locked on LAC and voted for these. I think you guys did a good job. I don't think we disagreed with any of your picks. I think we gave some arguments for some other guys, and I think that's deserving. But for the most part, I think that you guys all nailed this one, and I really enjoyed doing it with you guys. 
But we are going to wrap things up for the week. Next week, we are trying to get on a draft expert. I just want you guys to know that we've listened. And I know that you guys want to hear some coverage on the upcoming draft with the Chargers sitting in the cellar of the AFC West at 4-7. and But we will have somebody on probably from the Locked On Podcast Network to break down maybe some options for the Chargers, specifically with quarterback. But they have a few other needs. We'll ask about some offensive linemen and some linebackers as well. But that is going to wrap things up for this week. Until next time, guys, make sure to check out the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. We're going to have another voicemail show soon. We have a few voicemails ready to go. But if you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, make sure to call 323-524-7924. Every Chargers voicemail gets played on the show. But we will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully some things fall in line this weekend to help the Chargers out in the playoff race. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.